We might have to edit this down a bit because there's too much laughter. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Wheeling, a podcast about making friends in our 30s and the cultural things we've enjoyed recently. I'm Laurel Henning, Sydney-based journalist and podcaster, and with me via the wonders of technology, live from Melbourne, is my beloved co-host, Sasha Kelly, the sometimes nomadic podcast producer. How are you, Sasha? I love that. I also love that I've been upgraded to beloved. It really, it's such a beautiful word and it's not used enough and I just... Oh, it made me feel so warm and gooey inside. <laughs> I'm, g- I'm glad it made you feel warm and gooey. Is that a weird <laughs> oh, thing to say? Oh, I don't think so. I thought it was lovely imagery, but now I feel like I've probably, the cultural barrier has revealed itself once again. <laughs> Have we no. crossed a line? No, but bef- I was going to say, before we start talking about what we've been listening to and reading and watching, mm. I was going to say, how are you? How's I'm, your week been? I'm well, and I'm all the better for seeing you over technology because we saw each other this week. We're becoming almost real life friends as much as we are technical technology friends because the last episode I listened to, we'd also seen each other that week. We had. We're just making a fortnightly occasion of it and why not? I know. I'm going to be very quick with my friend making this week, which isn't really friend making, but it's more about just practicing being nice and open and vulnerable to strangers. I'm moving house. I'm buying a lot of things off uh, Facebook Marketplace. And I've just found that instead of just sending hi X, is this available? Just writing a little passage of, oh, I'd love this. I'm moving into my new home. It looks perfect. It's just made the whole process a lot nicer and less transactional and more joyful. And then when you get there and you say, oh gosh, I've only got 20s and you've asked for $45, they go, don't worry about giving me 60. Don't worry about the change. Just take it for 40. And it just makes the whole process really lovely. So that's probably, I've got to say, what I've been spending a lot of my time doing this week. Mm. Oh, I love that, Sasha. I also feel like that's such a testament to something that I think we've talked about a little bit before in terms of most people, most of the time, I believe and try (laughs) to believe, are operating from a place of kindness and compassion and seeking that in their daily interactions. And I think if you go into any interaction with any person with that in mind and as you say you just add in what was it maybe one extra sentence to your Facebook marketplace message it just makes that interaction 10 times different and everyone's gained in that situation everyone's gained I got a great mirror last night for a bargain price and I've got quite a few other things that are lined up lots of people moving overseas at the moment so lots of very very stressed people who are desperately trying to get their lives into a very short period of time I suspect I know what your friend making activity is Laurel but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna destroy your reveal what did you do this week? <laughs> <laughs> Sasha knows because as we finished this activity together, I said to her, this is this is my friend making activity this week. This is brilliant. I've had the best time. <laughs> I'm so pleased you had the greatest time. It is just the, oh, it's so much fun, but I'll let you, I'll let you sing its praises. So I don't know whether this even exists in the UK or if it does, because I know some of our listeners are UK based. Um, 
yeah, if it exists outside of Australia and in what form, I don't know. But I know that the one that we went to, so what we went to, (laughs) rewind a second, was called No Lights, No Lycra, which is something that my friends in Sydney have been talking to me about for quite some time and I've just never got to. And I know that it started in Melbourne and then... Sasha, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can sort of, it works on an almost franchise basis, is that right? Yeah, so the one we went to was run by a friend of mine, Claire, and it's and it's a very good one. So if you're listening in Melbourne and you're in the Hawthorne vicinity, then do go along on a Monday night to Claire's No Lights, No Lycra. Um, but yeah, individuals can nominate to run it. Um, and under yeah the banner of No Lights, No Lycra, there's certain philosophy that you have to take forward with you. But aside from that, then it's very freewheeling, I'd say. Freewheeling, freewheeling. for freewheeling. <laughs> yeah, and it really, I mean, we did both go in some Lycra cladding, clad gear, but <laughs> the No Lights part is they are not messing around with that. We walked into this sort of, I guess it was like a church building, and I suddenly was like, whoa, Sasha, where have you gone? I can't see my hand in front of my face and apparently we've heard that the Sydney ones are pitch black so if you've been to any of those listeners do uh, let us know what that was like and how you got on but we there is nothing better than blowing off the cobwebs of a Monday than having a dance and we were I was reflecting on the fact that we don't really have much occasion once you've got out of the age of being at uni and going out clubbing regularly with your friends and also because we now don't live in an age where you know maybe regularly we're going out to dances to you know be asked to dance which is also another brilliant thing about something like no lights no light crow because no one's going to ask you you just have to do your own thing and you are completely doing your own thing and no one can see you. there's no comparison of I'm not as good a dancer as that person or I wish I looked like that this is exactly the ethos and thinking behind it and the music was as various as Queen to Lizzo to Toto. <laughs> I was trying not to sing really loudly to it all. But it was just brilliant. And I jumped up and down like a five-year-old. <laughs> just had a great time and sort of fantasized about being in my 60s and doing the same thing still. And I, it was just such a freeing and joyous environment. And thank you so much for introducing it to me or me to it, Sasha. That's what I mean. <laughs> I would add as well that because I'm, I'm a fan of a boogie and I would say that I have a fairly low uh, embarrassment threshold. Like I'm quite happy to put myself in situations where I could be the center of attention and people might laugh at me. And I'm, I, I think I'm quite lucky in that way that I'll wear that. But there is still a, notice, a noticeable difference between having a boogie in your kitchen and the freedom that comes with being in a dark room. And it really uh, took me by surprise when I went for the first time mm. just how just how many of my inhibitions that I wasn't even aware of left me. Uh, I thought I was a fairly – I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I thought I was a fairly inhibited, inhibited person. Um Or uninhibited. Uninhibited person, I'm going. What? It doesn't sound right. Uninhibited person. But uh, yeah, it was really revealing to me. So I just, I can't recommend it enough. Also, it's great exercise. Don't go to the gym that day. Just go for an hour of dancing. The whole thing was wonderful. Um, If you've been to something similar or you have been to No Lights, No Lycra, let us know. We'd love to hear from you and what your favorite uh, tune was of the week that you went most recently or something like that. Let us know. Um, But while we're on a sort of musical (laughs) track, I guess, what have you been listening to? 
maybe nothing musical. Ah, you did. Yeah, you did come in with the musical fact, but um, I'm going to a podcast this week and it is a bit of a throwback because it's a previous recommendation, but take two. I hope you haven't recommended this. I hope we're not at the stage where I'm getting so forgetful that I'm saying something that you've said before. We both just go, oh, lovely, when we hear the other person's recommendation and just completely (laughs) gloss over it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's going to happen at some stage. But I'm listening to Sentimental in the City, the series on And Just Like That. So I think previously I'd recommend it. We've talked about our love for Dolly Alderton and her co-host Caroline, and I can't remember, O'Donoghue. O'Donoghue. Caroline O'Donoghue. And just their vulnerability and earnestness on Mike. And I think we talked about the original Sex in the City series or maybe one on, maybe you recommended one. I think because this is springing to I was thinking about you when I was listening to it but they think we've definitely discussed sentimental garbage and potentially potentially the sentimental in the city series that they did but I know that we've discussed it I don't think it was that one but I think we were discussing it in terms of how wonderful we think Caroline O'Donoghue's vulnerability on Mike is and her enthusiasm like her laughter and also her vulnerability when she's emotional as well. It's it's just so beautiful and it's it's true intimacy for podcasting. Like I think it's so rare and I'm so impressed by them. But I've been listening to it. I'm I've just got through the first in the three part series I think they've done on and just like that. It always makes me want to go and re-engage with whatever they're talking about because they're just so it's so infectious even with and just like that which I think we can all agree none of us ever thought we'd want to revisit but I agree with you I listened to this podcast series and I was like I think I might go back and rewatch the whole thing I think it's worth going back and revisiting this series I know I think what surprised me though is there's been a couple of moments where I've gone I've disagreed with their take so strongly and I've written down one of them because I did want to get your reaction on it because I don't think we've talked about and just like that tell me but they said that they thought um and I'm really sorry mum if you're listening but they thought the masturbation scene that Big did in the first episode was really well done yes and I I, disagreeing with this I (laughs) thought it was the most awful cringeworthy like awkward moment of dead television air I've ever watched and I just kept being like take it away like stop stop what you're doing and so it shocked me to my core is that that how repressed you and I are that that we felt I can't tell and that's what I couldn't tell when I was listening to that conversation as well yeah because they because then they talked about how important it is to have older sexuality displayed on screen and I don't disagree with that um which I think um one of your previous recommendations love me which I watched a couple of months ago I thought that demonstrated um, the sexuality between older people really well. Um, I don't think and just like that did it. And I just vehemently disagree with Caroline <laughs> Caroline and Dolly. And I didn't think I would be saying that. But it, yeah, as you said, and just like that, which was, I thought, rather trashy, a bit of throwaway. Oh, and sorry, I've got so excited now. The other thing that I've been loving, and this is very meta, this is very 
art within art uh, within art but how much they've been referencing the podcast of the writer's room of and just like that which I I agree (laughs) did you And now I know that we have talked about and just like know, that and because we love, talked and about they do that this podcast amazing before, impression they of him. Talk about Michael, and it's Michael so true Patrick because King in that podcast, <laughs> Michael Patrick King was so moved all the time by his own work, and it's just. <laughs> anyway, we're we're just and we're just adding to the circle of commentary now by laughing at laughing at laughing at something. But you know, it's just brought me a lot of joy over the last week. So what are you listening to? What have you been listening, like consuming and th- orally? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so last episode you, Sasha, made the wonderful observation that your favourite types of podcasts are where you feel like you're eavesdropping on a good conversation. And it made me think about, I have been very hesitant in offering up my most favourite, favourite, favourite podcast recommendations because they, the ones that I've recommended most of the time um, in our own podcast are podcasts that I've sort of come across or random episodes and things like that. But there are some that just sort of stay in your back pocket every week. You look forward to them landing in your feed. And this is one of them for me. So probably about a year ago, I think it was really in the depths of our second lockdown here Mm. in Sydney. I started listening to Fortunately with Fee and Jane, which is a BBC podcast done by Fiona Glover and Jane Garvey, who are two very sort of... Um, well-established BBC radio broadcasters. Jane Garvey has been a long-term Radio 5 presenter and she used to present BBC Radio 4's Woman's Hour, which is like an institution (laughs) of a programme in the UK, if you don't know. Um, And I think Fee Glover, actually, I didn't know before I listened to this podcast, but I think she's mainly Radio 4, if I'm not mistaken Sasha you've worked more closely with like UK radio world than I'm probably aware but I think that's right I'm I'm gonna take your word on this I've I've got to say I'm pretty negligible about my knowledge of where they've all where people move around to but it sounds right <laughs> but but their their weekly podcast so I think for us it lands for me in my podcast feed every Saturday morning and I think in the depths of last year it was just the most joyful hour of just general conversation they have regular guests they often do email listener email specials and they're just they're just they just made me laugh at a point when I really needed to laugh last year so they're my initial broad recommendation but to go episode within an episode as I know Sasha has done before so I'm taking liberties and (laughs) going off that um they had a Uh, guest on a couple of weeks ago now, India Rakison, and she has just done a podcast about periods. And her podcast series, also through the BBC, is called 28-ish Days Later. I hope you get the pun. Um, Clever. But I have been loving listening to this ever since I listened to her being interviewed. There are 15-minute episodes for basically roughly every day of uh, The Average Cycle, And 
I feel like I've learned so much from this podcast. I need to refer to my notes for a minute on the things that I've really enjoyed. Yeah, while some of the episodes feel like tracking your cycle, others sort of dig further into medicine and science surrounding periods and research, as well as the fact that women in terms of medical research and in terms of something like exercise are often just viewed as small men (laughs) when recommendations are being made and medicine is being worked on because not a lot of research is done on the female body compared to the male body. But it's just given me such an increased awareness of my own cycle and specifically the idea of, she talks in one of the episodes about how we're quite happy to say our nervous system is a part of us but we tend to say that our hormones happen to us and we feel sort of attacked by them at different points in our cycle rather than understanding that they're at play throughout those 28-ish days. It's just been an incredibly eye-opening experience and even just for this month, I feel my, my experience of my own cycle has been completely different as a result. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, It's not my book recommendation, but a friend of mine last year, oh, and now can you, can you think I can remember the name of it? But she read a book that was all about eating and exercising and behaving completely around your cycle. And she said, she swears by it and says it's been life-changing. Was, was it called Period Power? It might be. There are a couple. I, I felt I feel like, like it was called the cycle or something. Oh, okay. Something around the cycle. But I know there's one, but that one also. Yeah, I feel like there are a couple definitely that have come out in recent years. And it's great that we're all talking about it more. But I just felt like I feel, even though I love to read, I feel less inclined to pick up a book about menstruation. Whereas I feel like listening to a 15 minute episode in the morning has been so easy and and immediately relatable Mm. oh that's great that's a great I'll definitely check that one out because I think that anything you're right there's so little research about women's bodies and and you can always learn more okay see now I feel like we're talking about books so let's go to our reading recommendations Sasha what have you been reading okay so I went to the bookshop yesterday when I got the keys to my house and I bought myself a present, great circle <gasps> and still life because I thought I've got my, I've got a place now. Cause I'd put myself on a book moratorium until I had a place to put said books, uh, knowing that I was living out of a suitcase and I love books, but if I bought them, I'd be carrying them around. So That is just to say that um, I was in the bookshop and I didn't see anything that you hadn't mentioned to me (laughs) at some point. So because I was thinking, what should I pick up and read that hasn't been recommended on the show? And then I just went, of course, Laurel's read everything. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, you're doing wonders for my ego here. (laughs) So I've actually decided to go with... um, a different not a book this week for my reading it's another one that's a bit of a recycled thing something that I've read before that I go back to every now and then I don't think we've talked about it before but it's Nick Cave's the red the red files the red hand files 
which if you're not aware, uh, Nick Cave uh, of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, so he's most famous for being a musician. It came up, the reason that I'm recommending it is because he's been in the news this week for this like totally, completely tragic death of another mm. one of his sons. He lost a son about five or six yeah. years ago. Um, in a tragic accident, yeah, in a tragic accident, and this seems to be another um, another death in the family, which I just think is just horrendous, and no one should have to go through losing a child, much less like his his other children losing a sibling twice over. And I remember he wrote a beautiful, beautiful passage on grief about his first son who died that just really stuck with me but there's another piece that I read quite frequently and and frequently I'd say once every six months I go and pick it up which I think is a lot for something that's an email newsletter that lives on the internet and I'm just going to find it Uh, and it's issue issue 61 and it's from Lily in Krakow in Poland and her People write into him and he answers their questions. Um, and hers is just one sentence and it's just, how long will I be alone? And it's, God, it's just the most... God, that's broken my heart already. I can't, I don't know I'm going to handle this. I'm at the wrong point in my cycle to be able to handle this. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh with you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read you just a last passage because I, this for me is the part that's particularly beautiful. Having spent much time traveling on this tour alone, it struck me that your question didn't have to be answered, but simply acknowledged that to reach out to you as you reached out to me could in itself be the answer and perhaps a remedy to say that you, you are not alone. We are here and that we, a multitude, are thinking of you. It's just a really beautiful piece on the difference between aloneness and loneliness and that the two are not necessarily always linked and that the two are not necessarily always negative but that you might oscillate between them as feelings during your lifetime and I just he's just got I mean I shouldn't be surprised he's a songwriter but he's just got the most magnificent uh ability for a ton of phrase and I think just there's people who write books that you enjoy like JK Rowling I always think you know Harry Potter is a great tale but when you read Nick Cave it's like every single sentence is yeah, beautiful. he's mastered his use and, of and, language he's a poet really yeah yeah and I, I I guess that is the fact of songwriting and poetry which is all about the miniature mm. so um yeah that's my that's I've got it saved and I just go back to it every now and then and just have a little read of it because I think it's such a positive way of thinking about loneliness that is Mm. that's gorgeous that's blown me away all right so what are you reading Laurel Laurel who reads everything Laurel who has all the books oh my gosh you're gonna give me some serious kudos in my book club I feel my goodness um where I I pale in comparison to how much everyone else reads so this is just great for me (laughs) I um, recently finished, yeah, in the last week or so, I finished a book called A Paragon 
by an Irish novelist called Colm McCann. It was long listed for the Booker Prize in 2020, which now I'm getting deja vu, but I think it's because the Northwater might have been shortlisted for something and I was recommending that before. Yeah, it's a book I actually bought for my dear mum for her birthday, I think last year. She'll correct me if I'm wrong. Right in, mum. And to be honest, I was... Of the books that I had got her for her birthday, having written to wonderful Jaffa and Neil that I spoke about last week, and I said, look, I want to get her this book and this book. Can you recommend a third? And this was the one that they said, based off what you've said she likes, this is what we would recommend. They sort of gave me a few, actually, to choose from, and it was probably one that I thought, this could really, really work, or it will just completely miss the mark. But she loved it and she set it aside for me. She set, she'd set aside almost like a holiday reading pile for when I was in the UK. It was absolutely delightful. And I just about managed to either read a few of them or ram them in my suitcase to get, my, to get them home to Sydney afterwards. But it's described as a hybrid novel, which was kind of what put me off initially because I just thought, I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get the sort of abstract form of it. But It's based on, it's very much a novel, but it's based on the real life friendship of two men, one Palestinian, one Israeli, Bassam and Rami, and they both suffer the death of their own, their daughters, um, due to the conflict between uh, Palestinians and Israelis. This novel sort of questions and examines the established and entrenched positions on that conflict from either side from whichever way you've looked at it previously and it just forces you to question everything you think you thought you knew about that dynamic or about conflict in general perhaps and then he weaves in all of these other metaphors or use of imagery in terms of he uses a lot of bird migration imagery and different types of birds he starts off with a scene where Francois Mitterrand the when the former French president when he was when he knew he was dying he I don't know if you know this Sasha he ordered this like insane last meal which included eating this very rare bird in a kind of gruesome scene anyway he ordered this insane last meal and then he sort of went to bed and didn't eat again and he died and So there are lots of use of migratory birds, there's use of uh, geometry, hence the aparagon, which is a sort of, it looks like a circle, but when you get closer, it's got straight edges. Oh, also music, which is what I was sending you pictures of. I was sending you pictures of those pages of, do you remember that piece of music? That's meant to go on for eternity. But yeah, it really brought me out of my comfort zone, but it was also just wonderful and um challenging (gasps) i remember the piece you're talking about yeah it's quite um as slow as possible i've definitely heard of it before i think it must have been in my textbooks when i was at uni um because you know you'd always do a unit on contemporary music in some capacity and you know um in the kind of 80s or 60s through to 90s like the really radical stuff happened you know the stuff that it was like (laughs) what if concrete was a piece of music and it's like okay well I guess so but um yeah that real like enfant what do they say um enfant terrible I can't say French but you know um, enfant terrible that's what I'm thinking yeah that kind of really (laughs) radical uh way of thinking that I think I just don't know whether we do it as well now. 
maybe all the radical thinkers go into tech and crypto and weird things <laughs> where they break the world and live online. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of the discussion. <laughs> Sorry, that was such a, a thought bubble that went off. In a different <laughs> An abstract place for us to end on. <laughs> Maybe we should rein ourselves in now <laughs> before we go off on too much of a tangent. I know. Um, so what are you watching then? I have been watching... Yeah, I was torn between two things for this evening, but I think because it's been bringing me so much joy. I don't know whether you had discussed this before now, but... I've been really getting into Hacks, belatedly, and now the second season has come out. Oh, I love Hacks. It's so good. I I saw the poster for it when it first came out. I think this is like my relationship with, um, was it Love Life that we talked about before? Mm. And I saw the poster and I thought, nah. And I also think I heard a podcast review of it and a podcast that I really trust and they sort of felt like it just fell short of the mark and it didn't really do anything new. And I have to say, it probably doesn't do anything new. But while it did make me realise that there haven't been any female American late night TV hosts, because that's that's real, which I just thought was shocking and frustrating. But even though it may have not have done anything sort of groundbreaking, it's just made me laugh. And to be honest, that's just what I needed. <laughs> I think um, I'm going to misremember it because I haven't seen the first season recently. But there's a couple, it's quite confronting. I would say it's like edgy humor. And there was a mm-hmm. few things that the younger character did that I went, oh, that's, it's not normal. Yeah, you have recommended it. You recommended it really ah. early on. Yes, because now you're saying it's quite edgy yeah, humor. Yeah, I do remember a couple of things where I went, oh, okay. So it's it's in the flea bag category, I think. It's not like it's not going to be for some older. I think her character falls falls into that category. I think that's true. Yeah. I don't feel like all but, of the writing does and it doesn't as a TV no. show. But in terms of her, sorry, I've completely interrupted you. In terms of her, no, like. it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of her pursuit of quote-unquote authenticity I think that's why she comes I think it's almost like her character written in that way and her behavior is almost I think it's a reflection of how obsessed culture became with that fleabag narrative or character which is so annoying because I just feel like give Phoebe Waller-Bridge her due let her do her own thing and let it be done well and be done in its own way um, which also there's argument to be made that Michaela Cole sort of did it first with um, chewing gum anyway in terms of cutting to camera and that kind of conversation. But um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like, yes, her character is almost a parody of that authenticity mark. And then I just thought, oh, Gene Simmons, can we just can we just have a moment for Gene Simmons? And and the outfits that, that they dress her in? Cause it's I just not think- Gene Simmons, is it? No, and uh, what's her name? Jean it's Smart. Because Jean Simmons, Jean is, Simmons the least, is the kiss singer. The kiss guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a wild ride tonight, isn't it? Why um, is it? Why is it tonight? But, is it where I am in my cycle? Yeah, maybe. I think so. Um, So a couple of follow-ups for you. Watch Jean Smart's, I think it was the Emmy that she won. Um, And she dedicated it to her late husband. And it's just the most beautiful speech because the last the last episode and, of season one is dedicated to her husband as well. Mm. 
Yeah, and she just did this. Well, I'm going to ruin it for you now. But she did this beautiful speech about how he, they were. I think they were both actors, and she just got more opportunities, and he really championed mm-hmm. her and decided. And especially this this particular role, I think I suspect they knew he must have been dying or been sick. Um, but she said he he made it possible for me to do this, and he. He said that I had to do it. And, and and she talked about how important it was because she's an older woman and she's been given this starring it role is. and it's so well done. And it ta- I think it's just so beautiful how it talks about what it must be like to age in a profession where youth is so important. I mean, aren't we all in professions where youth are, is important, but no more so than showbiz. Yeah, I just think there's some scenes in it though where I think it's going one way and it takes a hard left turn and you're like, sorry, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it and that made me laugh most of all. Or, or laugh out of shock or laugh out of just sheer chaos. Mm. But yeah. But I guess I can jump on the bandwagon of your recommendation of season one now that season two has only just come out. By the time I had got to season two, two episodes were available. Well, I ate those up and then found out that they're only releasing them one week at a time. Well, well, it was like love life all over again when I was sort of hankering for more of uh, that gorgeous (laughs) actor. Sorry, now I just sound inappropriate, but what can I say? What can you say? That's what you were after. Oh. Well, speaking of gorgeous actors, I've started watching Conversation with Friends, the television adaption of Sally I'm Rooney. I'm so glad you have because I was worried that I wasn't going to and I thought, oh, are we doing our listeners a disservice if we haven't watched it by this time? <laughs> so I've got to say, well, I think I've only watched two or three episodes it's very easy just to put things on and just let them roll while you're on Facebook Marketplace looking for things. and mm, you're just kind of Especially when they're only 30 minutes long and before you know it, it's been three yeah. hours. Look, I'm going to have a hot take. I'm going to have a bit of a controversial opinion. I think we've, we've talked about Sally Rooney. We did our cultural blockbusters episode and I am a fan. I'm a moderate fan and an admirer of her writing. I definitely think that she's talented and I definitely will always seek her writing out. I think the television series shows how limited the breadth of her range is. I think when I read the books Mm. immediately after each other, I read Conversations with Friends first and then read Normal People. And I think because they live in your imagination and you're bringing your own visual identity to it, they exist as quite separate separate worlds almost but watching something televised Mm -hmm. with Irish accents in Ireland once again um with this same broody dysfunctional kind of emotional constipation of these main characters just hammers at home at how at 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 how this is almost a vignette of a different circumstance, if that makes sense. Like it's almost like she's had a writing exercise or this is obviously her life at that stage. You know, she was a 20-something Irish woman and they say write what you know and they are beautiful pieces of writing. But um, I just feel that I'm watching normal people take two 
except with Joe, <laughs> with Taylor Swift's boyfriend, <laughs> who's really good looking. <laughs> Joe Alwyn. <laughs> Joe Alwyn? Yeah, and I, I feel... Uh, yeah, I feel kind of bad in a way for the TV series because I did see one review that was like, what it's like to do romance scenes with Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And I'm like, oh, God, like, just let it be. On it. I think I saw that same piece. And I thought also Taylor, they've been dating for six years. He's been on a lot of things. Surely Taylor Swift by now is like, she's not waking up going, what? You do love scenes with other women? You know, like, I'm sure this conversation's happened before he signed on to the Sally Rooney I novel. I think she's seen the favourite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, look, I'm going to raise another point that in – I'm going to do my meta theme tonight, which is in Sentimental in the City, they were talking about how much their pet hate is art within art and they were talking about the podcast being made in – and just like that. But in conversations with friends, uh, I've forgotten what his name is, the main, like the male character that Joe Alwyn plays. He's an actor and he's in um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Cat on a Hot Tin mm-hmm. Roof. And they showed a couple of scenes from it. And I, I was just like, is he supposed to be a good actor in this? Like, you know, when you suddenly are like, I can't remember in the story whether he's supposed to be talented or he's supposed to just be handsome and that in itself is a character development because I was not convinced by by the staging of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and it immediately like, it kind of bumped me out of the show. So I, th- I thought, A, gee, Carolyn and Dolly are so astute and then B, <laughs> huh, <laughs> it just gave me pause for thought. So... Yeah, look, it's going to be... Um, but I still feel like you're going to say you would recommend it. one. I mean, look, if you've read the book, watch it. Um, I'm definitely going to finish it. Um, I think also the characters in Normal People, well, the title, Normal People, I do think the characters, characters of conversations with friends are a bit harder to love, mm. personally. I think... Um, they're just a little bit more bohemian and maybe quite selfish with their bohemian tendencies. It's like it's harder to feel relatable to them because they're kind of non um, – well, I personally – I'm speaking from my own experience, but I, I don't find as much to relate with them um, and I find them almost kind of carelessly destructive of their own lives in a way that which just maybe incredibly naive. But, you know mm. – I also wonder whether, yeah, her books are very similar in style and therefore commercially it makes a lot of sense to make a TV series of conversations with friends. But did it did it actually need to be done? Was it artistically a good idea? Who can say? And I think the success of Normal People in part was because it captured all of us when we were all in that very slow quiet time in the pandemic and therefore watching these incredibly slow quite painful minutiae and excruciating examinings of relationships in 30 minute episodes made so much more 
not sense, but it was so much, it, you connected so much more strongly with it. And I wonder whether that kind of art is as easy to connect with now that we're not all living in that way. Yeah, I think that's pretty um, on the money. I don't know. I just, I, I've, I've just been reflecting on that. And, you know, in the same way, I guess... I guess it is an unfair accusation because Leanne Moriarty wrote Nine Perfect Strangers and Big Little Lies and you would you would say that there's a similarity in the worlds that those TV shows have created. Um, and so perhaps it is a little bit unfair. I just, I do wonder whether normal people, especially the, the television show of normal people maybe like the book more. I'm wondering whether this is going to have the adverse effect for me um because it does feel um it does just feels like something I've seen before just the second version of it so but I will persevere and I'd love to hear what anyone else thinks of it too because um it's always fun to watch something and compare notes with someone else I am sure I'm gonna watch it at some point I think also like with normal people I felt like I hadn't seen anything like that before but I have thought since, so it's funny, you were saying you were listening to Sentimental in a City and you thought, oh, maybe I'll go back and rewatch those episodes of Anne just like that. I don't feel like I could go back and rewatch Normal People. It was so intense. I don't know whether I would want to. And so, yeah, I think I might watch Conversations with Friends at some point, but um, mm. I don't know. And guess what? You found a book that I haven't read. I've never read Conversations with Friends really oh I'll be curious to hear what you think I think also I've just got one more point and that is that Paul Mescal is beautiful who played the main character in the normal people but he's kind of normal looking beautiful Joe Alwyn is just and he is a very good actor and I loved him in the favorite and I've seen him in other things and I think he is quite talented but he does have that I read a profile on him the other day that made me quite like him um, and the journalist obviously really warmed to him in it as well. His personality seems to be actually quite fun. Um, <laughs> but they, <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people that beautiful, um, <laughs> you do wonder. I have a tendency to but... look at really beautiful people and just assume that they'll be horrible. <laughs> But actually, they talked about this in the piece that there's been several roles that he's gone for and the directors have just said, I just don't think, I just don't think you're right for it because you're just so good looking. And he said, you know, obviously I don't walk around going, ha ha, I'm so handsome. Like he said, you know, I didn't do anything. I just am like this. Um, And he said, and this, and it's annoys me because I want to do the interesting roles. So I, I do wonder whether there is a little, I don't know where I'm going with this. I th- Yeah, that's my last thought. Joel one is really good looking. <laughs> <laughs> and happens to be probably a nice person. Well, there we are. On that bombshell. <laughs> from the hot, from the. <laughs> we have been all over the place. The ridiculous tonight, I think. <laughs> We are Giggle Central. We don't even know what we've recommended before. We don't know what order we're talking in, but we've made it to the end of another episode. If you've made it this far with us, thank you. Thank, uh, you. thank you for being here. 
And please, you know, if you enjoyed it, even this mad chaos, hot mess of an episode, pass it along to a friend of yours, share it. We would love to reach more people. We are small, but we are mighty and we'd love to um, reach more people. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So if you'd like to email us, we are threewheelingpod at gmail.com. And if you would like to follow us on Instagram, we are at threewheelingpod. Yes, and... Can I put a little spruik in? I've done some new tiles this month and I'm very proud of them. And I would love if people came and uh, gave them a like. Came, came and talk to us on Instagram. We'd appreciate come it. And see our, come and see our family selfie with the Bridgertons because I really love that one. <laughs> but for now, from our chaotic time, bye! bye. <laughs> <laughs>